A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery. Monday Distillery is a new age beverage company revolutionizing the way we look at having a night out with friends. They make sophisticated, non-alcoholic beverages that are sugar-free and full of social graces. Now you can enjoy a good time, love what you drink and love yourself the next day too. Stay high in spirits, keep a clear mind. Cheers to Monday. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the Zoom room, I'm joined by Juliet Lever. Juliet is the founder of Relaunch My Life and she's also a best-selling author of the book Relaunch My Life. She's a recovered alcoholic, workaholic and chocoholic. And I had the pleasure of meeting Juliet at a Tony Robbins convention over in Florida of all places and of all things to do. What a trip. Um, hey, how are you? I'm amazing. And I loved meeting you by chance. We were halfway around the world in this amazingly huge convention. And I just remember we were both like, you're Aussie, I'm Aussie. And then we just knew that we had to talk and, um, and it was, it's wonderful to reconnect with you. So thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming. Yeah, it was so, that was such a chance meeting. And I think I've still got on my phone somewhere a photo of you hugging Tony at that. Do you remember that? I sent it to you when he, I think think it was of my butt and it was, oh, thank you. You're the one that took that photo. That's the only photo I have of that moment. So that's really special. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was like, oh my God, he's hugging her. Oh my God, get your phone out, get your phone out, Danny. And then, um, yes, that was just a bit of the kind of end of it, but yeah, that was an intense. So that was, um, for everyone listening, that was a, the, um, business mastery course which was really cool it was really insightful quite different but yeah it was a you know I think with all his events you're really stretched and you know you're you're sitting in a cold room for very long hours and and you are just trying to absorb as much as you possibly can and I think you've just kind of got to surrender and trust that what what will what will fall into place will be perfect for you and and that was really intense moment when when he gave me that hug because we were obviously part of this 
team that was raising funds for the Australian bushfires and we ended up raising it was over 40,000 US dollars in a couple of days and that was, cool. that was such an amazing experience so yeah, really it was, cool. yeah it was so amazing what a that was just such a full-on experience yeah so anyway it was great to meet you there we've got you here to talk about alcohol <laughs> and your journey with alcohol and also what you are doing with NLP neuro-linguistic programming so but firstly let's talk a bit about your journey with alcohol and when that started mm, yeah this is a really this is really interesting because it's something that is not a part of my reality anymore so to be casting my memory back to that time in that place where I was is really is really amazing because it does show me how far I've come. So I uh, I left home at quite a young age. I left home at the age of 16 and my pa- my boyfriend that I was with at the time and I we had a relationship that was really based on having fun. And as I grew up that continued and so my association with fun was getting drunk with my girlfriends and eating as much chocolate as I could in the evenings to distract from what underneath it all was a very unhappy existence. An existence where I was sort of ticking all of the societal boxes of I've got a nice car, got a nice job, doing all the right things. But deep down, I was living, I guess, a bit of a surface level existence. And so my drinking habit now, when I look back at it, was was ridiculous. But in the circles and the friendships and the even the workplace I was in, it was normal and it was accepted and it was the and it was the way that I could fit in with everyone else. And so yeah, I would drink probably half to a whole bottle of red wine in the evening after a stressful day at work. And this is in my mid twenties. And on the weekends, my weekends would consist of planning a big Saturday night out with my girlfriends. And that was partly to escape my marriage as well with the person that I was with from when I was a very young age. And I would drink without hesitation. I would drink 15 to 20 vodka, lime and sodas in a Saturday night. And then I would get home 5, 6 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday and I would nurse my hangover all Sunday watching trashy TV and then I would start my week, my work week all over again. And it mm. was it was normal. I didn't, and it was what everyone was doing. And so I didn't really second guess it. I didn't really think twice about it. And it's and it's amazing now to look back on how lost that that young woman really was. Yeah. Isn't it funny how it just, when it is just the norm, it's just like, oh, this is what you do. Like, this is what we've grown up doing this is the cycle. You know, I get smashed on the weekend, I have a hangover and then I get up and go to work and do it all again, you know, start the work work week again and off we go again. And it's just this hamster wheel that we're going on. Yeah. And counting down the days until the next time you can have fun. And that was a really difficult thing for me to, to transition out of was I realized that I liked who I was when I was drunk because I I was just so funny and I wasn't that, and everyone would always say, oh, you're so funny when you're drunk. You're so fun to be around. You're so funny. And so I had this like persona that came out that wasn't allowed when I was sober. And Mm. so that's been a really interesting journey as well. So Mm. Mm. have you felt, I'm just skipping ahead here, but I don't want to forget the question. Have you felt uh, like a pressure to keep up that funny persona when you were sober? Yeah, it's a good question because you know, if I can skip a little bit ahead to when I did have some turning points and I had a series of sort of wake up calls and spiritual awakenings, I guess, that really forced me to start the journey of doing what I call relaunching my life, which is where, you know, my whole business really catapulted from. And, and it was a series of wake up calls that I had. And I can vividly remember there was one day where I was due to go out for a work event and there was going to be a lot of drinking. And I, 
I made this decision within myself and I had this moment of clarity and strength where I said to myself, I will not let anyone else influence me. And I made this like decision and I felt something actually like physically shift within my body, my solar plexus, my energy just went like, you know, Tony Robbins says in our moments of decision, our destiny has changed. And it was this decision that I just made of, Mm this is not working. Like this has to stop. And I'm no longer going to let anyone else influence me. And that night I went out and I made the decision not to drink. And I made the decision to drive. And I probably had half a dozen people throw judgments at me like, Oh, come on, don't be boring. Come on, just have one. Oh, you can get a taxi. And I was texted like at least six times. And I just kept firm with that decision of no, I've decided to drive. No. And it was this energy of, I will not let anyone else influence me. That was so amazingly powerful within me that it just gave me the strength to say no and when I walked out and I drove home I felt things starting to move and I felt things starting to shift and it was the beginning of me not giving a shit what other people think <laughs> and that was not giving a shit. really cool <laughs> yeah that, how good is not giving a shit it's like oh, it's like it's like the reward <laughs> it's the reward for all those years of of casting aside your own you know self-worth and and when you finally dive into that world it's the best it's oh. I so don't good, give it? a shit. We should get T-shirts <laughs> made up. Yeah. Where where did that awakening come from? Where did that, had you already been doing like Tony Robbins stuff or was it just something that came from within you? Yeah, it's a really good question. So I, I mean, I've always been a curious soul. I, you know, even from when I was a kid, I asked a lot of really interesting questions. Like I remember asking my mum when I was five years old, I looked at her one day and I said like, mum, why are you you and why aren't you me? And, and, and why aren't I you? And she just kind of looked at me like, I don't know how to answer that one. (laughs) So I always had this like curious soul. And I think because I left home at quite an early age and I had a bit of a, um, a tumultuous teenage journey in that way, I learned to kind of shut myself down. And I think sometimes we do that. We learn oh, it's, it's not accepted to rock the boat. So just stop asking the difficult questions and shut down that part of you. And so I closed off a lot of those curious parts of myself. And so it was a couple of years after I'd gotten married, I, I had a couple of wake-up calls. One was my ex-husband now. Uh, he actually totaled my car drink driving. That was a really big wake-up call. That was one. That wasn't the only straw that broke the camel's back, but that was one. Mm. Uh, I also had like a really simple conversation one day that that shifted something within me. And the conversation that I had, I write about in my book, I was on a work trip. We have um, shark cage diving down here in South Australia off the coast of Port Lincoln. You can go into cages and and great white sharks swim around you and it was actually it was actually a corporate trip that I'd been taken on in my in my company by a marketing organization they'd taken me out on this corporate trip and one of the schmoozers the the marketing guys that took us out there said to me one after we'd come out of the shark cage and I'd had like an adrenaline high and we're having a glass of wine to celebrate on the back of the boat and he looked at me and he said so Jules Juliet what do you do outside of work what do you do for fun and and I had this moment where my guts churned because I literally couldn't honestly answer his question. Mm. When I thought about it, I was like, I do, I do absolutely nothing outside of work besides get blind drunk and, and go shopping and spend all my money that I've earned during the week. Like that's my life. And I had this realization of like, that's really sad. I'm like <laughs> mid to late twenties and I have nothing outside of work besides getting drunk and spending my money on clothes. Like, and 
And so I brushed it off and I said something really surface level, like, oh, you know, I hang out with friends. And I I quickly like changed the subject. But Mm. in that moment, I got really real with myself. And it was almost like my higher self said, wake up, like, wake up. Like, what are you doing in 20 years time? What kind of future are you going to have created for yourself? And so I started researching things like, and this was, you know, eight, nine years ago where it wasn't as prevalent as it is today, but I Googled things like, how do you find yourself? And like, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you create a better life for yourself? And I started researching all of these things and I started getting this real desire to study life coaching. And when I told my ex-husband about that, he just laughed at me and he's like no one makes any money life coaching you know what are you talking about that's so fluffy you've got a good job stay in that and so I I kind of kept my desires and dreams to myself for a while and I and I just started quietly covertly researching things I started learning more about meditation and started like just researching more and more and more and the more I researched the more I found out about what my actual values were and I realized how much my values had shifted in a matter of years and how much my husband's values had stayed the same. And, mm. and so we were having conflicts because my highest values started being health and, you know, personal development. And his highest values were still having fun and getting drunk. And that's okay because that's who he was when I met him. And that's what was important to me as a 16-year-old. But as a 27-year-old, it was no longer, it was no longer cohesive for us as a connected unit. And so yeah, and obviously all my friendships, their highest values were just getting drunk and having fun as well. And so as I started to shift, those cracks started to appear and I had the, oh, you've changed people throwing that at me and, and those sorts of things. And I think that's a really common thing that a lot of people that stop drinking get is, you know, mm. oh, you're not going to be fun anymore or, oh, you've changed or what's happened to you. And and you've got to be really, really solid within yourself and 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 true to yourself and your future and what you're building for yourself because no one one of the best things I ever heard was no one else has to live every single day in your life besides you and so Mm -hmm. you've got to be okay with the choices and decisions you're making and if you're making choices and decisions for other people's happiness you're gonna freaking be miserable and I, I think it's so simple but when you really really absorb that into every cell of your being it just gives you this tenacity and this strength to make the choices that are right for you and your future and you know what what is actually important to you in your life so absolutely oh my god there's so my pen ran out when you were talking I'm like oh my god I just wrote down all these questions (laughs) but I I totally agree and I feel like I had that realization as well unfortunately I didn't have mine till I was almost 40 or I was 40 but realizing that I don't actually want to do this. Why do I keep doing this? And I'm pretty sure it was, I was putting everyone else first. So I was trying to keep everyone else happy around me because that's the label I'd created for myself was Danny, the party girl. And, you know, that's just, that's how our friendships were too. Like that's all my friends did it. All my family did it. So who the hell am I without this label anymore? And it's quite scary territory to go into as you know. Mm. So, I mean, hats off to you too for making that decision at, you know, in your twenties. I think that's incredible. Um, One of my recent guests had her on and she actually had friends emailing her and getting quite abusive with her and saying, that's it. We want nothing more to do with you. And it was like really quite hard for her. Uh, Yeah. So it's a big one. So how did that, how did you navigate that? So obviously the relationship broke down. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the biggest one. Yeah, that that was really important. I think um, 
you know, it, it was a really important decision for me owning my independence and yeah. I hadn't, I had never been single, you know, so there I was 27 and single for the first time in my adult life. And so and I, sober. And, and sober. And it was like this amazing, you know, uh, the, the sobriety happened, I would say officially probably like six months after I'd ended my marriage. Yeah. I, I, I was still figuring all of that stuff out, but yeah, yeah I've, I stopped drinking now. It would be seven and a half Eight, seven and a half years ago now and I I definitely don't miss it like I love as well my partner now that I'm with my my absolute soulmate he's the most beautiful man in the world and I'm grateful every single day for having manifested him and mm. he doesn't drink and I love that when we go and do our grocery shop we literally drive home and we drive past the bottle shop and it's not even a thing it's like it doesn't even exist in our reality and you know I'm so grateful that he also doesn't drink because it's just not even an issue and it it doesn't, we don't have, I think a lot of people's relationships, there are conflicts that arise because of that and because of mm. one person having this. And and we both have actually said like our relationship's so great because yeah, we, we don't drink and we, we have lots of sex and, you know, I think yeah. that, that's a, a really good combination. So, you know, it saves a lot of issues, but, but, um but yeah, it was, it was about six months after the relationship had broken down. And so that was really challenging because I'd not only lost, he was, you know, although we were kind of, uh, I guess, codependent in a lot of ways. He was my stability and my rock who had been there since I was 16. And so I'd lost that. And then I also started having relationship with friendships starting to crack as I started saying, well, no, I don't really want to go out drinking because there's this course I want to do on Sunday. And, and my, yeah. my personal development, my health, my, I was training with a personal trainer and I thought, well, why would I wreck my health if I'm spending all this time and money building my health? And, and so those, those decisions got easier. And I think this is what you have a bit of a gap, a bit of a pause where you've kind of got this void where you maybe don't have friends for a while. And then all of a sudden you start attracting these incredible people that do match your values and you just think oh this is what my soul craved and that's I'm sure you've had that experience too like you just bring in these people who it's not that they're better than the other friends they're just reflecting a different version of you and I think that's what you know real friendships are there to show us different different you know different parts of ourselves and reflect back things that we're you know we're obviously wanting to foster more of within ourselves and so I've got beautiful friendships now and obviously a really deep friendship with my partner as well and it's so so nourishing so I think for anyone that's going through that transition it it gets it definitely gets easier and you will definitely attract new friendships and I think the more you find out who you are and the more you find out well what is really important to me beneath these these old distraction mechanisms because I think a lot of times alcohol I don't know what it was for you but for me it was a feeling of relief because I did feel a lot of anxiety during my day-to-day life and so when I would have that first drink it would be like oh you know and and now I feel like oh all the time so why would I want to have alcohol that would just make me feel slow or you know lethargic and so I think if you do that and I'm a really big advocate obviously of like doing the inner work clearing stored negative emotions which are very energetically depleting and draining and you know for myself I had to clear a lot of guilt and a lot of shame and a lot of low self-esteem and when I cleared that out of my physical body because our emotions get stored in our unconscious mind which is our body when they get cleared from your body like your body just feels lighter and I feel drunk on life literally like it sounds Mm. really cliche but 
But energetically, there's so much that you can actually shift and clear so that you don't need those things to feel relief so that you can actually start to feel amazing day to day. And and, and, and why would you even want those things? And that's a really pow- powerful place because then you're not feeling like you're missing out on anything. Then you're feeling like, oh, why would I want that? I feel great already. So Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So at that stage when you gave away the alcohol and when you went on this journey, obviously you probably weren't studying NLP then or, or were you? Yeah, yeah. So I, um, it was about six months after I'd ended my marriage. I studied, actually, well, I met my partner. And the reason I reached out to him was because I was really interested in the fact that he trained NLP and hypnotherapy. And I actually asked him totally platonically, like, could we catch up just so I can ask you about your trainings? I've been wanting to study this stuff for years and I haven't found the right trainer. I think it's really important to find the right trainer because you do absorb the belief structures of the person that you are studying with. And there are a lot of different NLP and hypnotherapy trainers. And and I reached out to my partner and well, now my partner, I reached out to him and I said, I'd love to ask you about your courses. And we literally just arranged to catch up and chat. But the moment we met, it was this crazy, like we were, we were both seeing people at the time. And, but the moment we met, it was this moment of who are you? Like, I've never met anyone like you in my life before. And we just talked for like two hours straight asking questions. It was purely friendship based, but then, you know, with over the next six months, it evolved into our relationship. And now we have our company together and, you know, we have the most incredible relationship and it's just amazing. So I actually studied hypnotherapy first and Mm. hypnotherapy was one of the modalities that really helped me to shift my anxiety. And then I also shifted like some other fears and things that I had using that. And then I studied NLP about four or five months after that. And it was after I'd studied NLP that I quit my full-time corporate job and went full-time into coaching because when I'd studied hypnotherapy, I started working with clients on weekends. And then I started getting so busy that I had to drop my corporate work down to four days a week. And then I got so busy once I'd done NLP that I I did the math and I realized, oh, I'd actually be better off quitting my six-figure corporate job and like quitting that and doing this full-time. And so I quit. And the month I left, I earned like twice what I would have earned in my corporate job because I think I was just I was doing what I loved and what I was passionate about but also what was really cool was all of my clients had been people who had seen my journey over the last 12 to 18 months and they'd actually witnessed me stepping in and becoming empowered and changing my life and losing 10 kilos and all of these like actual physical changes that people started almost like you know when Harry met Sally they were like oh I'll have what she's having (laughs) and they'd they'd book in and then the coolest thing was people would book in for a session with me and and they would literally as I worked in like a bit on a floor in a busy call center and one of the women that I did a session with she literally like floated into work on the Monday and turned to about half a dozen of the colleagues and said I just had a session with Julia and it's changed my life. And then they all booked in with me. And so it was like, it just grew really organically and, and from doing great work. And that's what really boosted my, my business and this purpose, which, yeah, there's, there's been, now I'm training NLP and actually we have a student that just went through our master practitioner training. And one of the techniques that I demoed with her, she completely quit drinking and she's now not, she's not been drinking now for what are we, April? It's been four months since we did wow. that, te- te- that one technique. I mean, she'd obviously mentally been wanting to do it, but the physical shift occurred and she's like, yeah, that's it. I'm done now. And so that's yeah. really cool. Cause it is like that ripple effect now of paying it forward. So, yeah. You mm. so just for the listeners, um, NLP is such an incredible um, modality as well and so as I said I've studied it a little bit online but I'm absolutely dying to do one of your courses I know we've been talking about that since we met so I'm 
definitely want to do that at some point. And, and I've read a few books, the Richard Bandler book. Um, what was that one? Is it You Can Change Your Life? Not You Can Heal Your Life. That's Louise Hay. He wrote, he wrote one, Using Your Brain for a Change. That one's good. He's written a lot of books. He's got a few, but he's sort of the creator, isn't he? Or one of the, one the, of the creators. co-creators. I use NLP, a lot of that kind of reframing. Yes. And, and it's really about, isn't it? It's about retraining the subconscious mind really, isn't it? So I read something the other day that the we use 5% of our conscious mind in day-to-day living and 95% of our subconscious mind. So it really is our subconscious which is all uh, all made up of our past, is really driving the show, which we kind of don't want, <laughs> especially if we've had a shitty past. Well, most of us didn't choose our programming. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so if we're living unconsciously, we're living through other people's programming. We're not living through yeah. our own. So, yeah, NLP is awesome because it's a way of really building rapport between your conscious and your unconscious so that when you say something consciously, you also do it unconsciously. And so a lot of people have incongruence where they'll say one thing and do another, and that can indicate that they've got a a block in their unconscious mind, which usually our unconscious programs are there to protect us and keep us safe. So there'll often be this like bigger part of us that wants to say, stop drinking. And then there'll be this like little part of us that wants to still be the fun person. And so we're going to still have that behavior or still do that. And so NLP is a way of getting full alignment. And also I think what's cool about it, there's a couple of things. I think it gives you this like depth of understanding and compassion for yourself and others of, Mm. well, people aren't just assholes. People aren't just lazy. There's always something going on at the unconscious level. And let's get curious about, well, what is the belief structure or what are the attitudes that they have and how can we actually shift that? And the second thing that it does is it really Mm. is this attitude of curiosity and like finding out well, what is actually happening versus, you know, there's no blame. It's more understanding. And I think that's so important. And yeah, it's awesome. Obviously I'm super passionate about it because to me, it's like getting actually the instruction manual for this incredible mind that we have. And it's not just our mind in terms of our brain, but our body is our mind as well, right? It's all all of our unconscious. And so, yeah, I just Mm. think the more humans who can be in alignment with what they say and what they do, the, the less, you know, stress, the less, issues the less you know things like that and people can actually just live their self-actualized life and and do Mm. what they were born to do rather than you know what what they've been programmed to do so yeah it's so much fun and it's really fascinating and even just a couple of the things that you talked about reframing and anchoring are profound and the, Mm. the most powerful thing is obviously the intention and the belief structure of the coach or the person that is working with the client because you know, the, the techniques are amazing, but ultimately it's what, you know, a, a client cannot experience a shift or an outcome that a coach doesn't believe is possible for them. So we spend a lot mm. of time in our trainings amping up our coach's belief structure in what's possible for their clients, because mm. who are we to limit what our clients can achieve in their realities? So it's, um yeah, it's it's an absolute gift and an honor to be doing this work and, and be able to teach people these skills because I was coaching for several years and I loved it. And I felt like I wanted to go even deeper with actually helping people get the skills to know how to do it themselves and be able to do it with others. I was like, this isn't enough. I need to, I need to be doing mm. more. And, and now it's the coolest thing because we've got coaches all around Australia. We've got hundreds of coaches. And now when I do get an inquiry for someone that wants a coach, I'm like, yes, work with this person. They're a specialist in this and I can refer them out to our network of coaches. And it's, wow. it's so cool. Yeah. I was gonna, I've got a few questions to go back and ask, but are you still working as an NLP practitioner or are you just teaching 
So teaching is pretty full on at the moment. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm teaching pretty much a course every month or two, but uh, we also. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. So we have an annual mentorship of about 20 coaches that we have an intensive training with. And so Paul, my partner and I, we coach those people. So we will do one-on-ones with those 20 coaches, but we generally love to refer to our our coaches because they're amazing and they're doing such great work and they also we have people who who have niches and specialties in different areas like we have you know coaches who just work with teens we have coaches who just work with relationship breakdowns we have you know and so it's so good to have and then we have coaches who just work with certain kinds of trauma and so it's like really nice to go actually we've got a specialist that deals with that rather than you know I used to think I had to do everything for everyone but it's way more powerful actually (laughs) spreading spreading the love and the energy around in that way so absolutely so someone was looking for an NLP coach yeah where, would they jump on your website or how would yeah. they find one through yeah. you yeah I'll send you the link we have a graduate directory so we've got a directory of all of our senior coaches and it talks about what their specialty is and how they actually most of them work online as well so all around the world and how to reach out to them so I'll send you that link for sure that's great I'll pop that in the show notes that's fantastic I remember when I was studying a bit of NLP as well Ash my husband was as well we're just sort of really doing it for fun and just for curiosity's sake because we'd been reading so much so many books on NLP NLP as well. But one thing that really struck me when we were learning about it was that, you know, if you don't change your self-belief, it's almost impossible to change that. You can change your surroundings. You can change, you know, what you're doing day to day. You can change this, you can change that. But if you don't actually change that limiting self-belief that you have of yourself, it's really hard to change. Like that's the core of it. So if you believe you know, I was saying earlier about having that label, you have a label on yourself. And if you can't really believe in yourself that you can rid yourself of that label and create something new, it's really hard to get out of it, isn't it? It's really hard to break that. A hundred percent. Like we filter reality based on our beliefs. And a really mm. funny, quick example of this was when I was in my old marriage, all my single girlfriends would say to me, there's you're so lucky to be married there's no good men out there and so they would literally go on dates and they would just go on dates with assholes because they were deleting out all of the good men and then I didn't share that belief structure so obviously when I left my husband I was able to attract my partner and and I'm so grateful that I didn't share that belief structure that so many of my girlfriends had but a lot of them are still single now because they're they're not clearing that belief structure and so of course you're going to keep finding things we have a negative confirmation bias where even if something isn't useful, we will find something to confirm that our beliefs are true. But the other thing I was thinking of mm. is, you know, if someone is listening to this, if they have a belief of I'm never going to be able to stop drinking, that's going to 
impact them and you can shift that belief or you can find out well what is the root cause of that belief and most mm. of the time it's it's something that we've developed really early on in our imprint period of the first zero to seven years of life where it could have been just like one experience that you had of witnessing someone or something like I've helped someone you know quit smoking once before and they had a belief that smoking is cool and you're only cool mm. if you smoke and it was because they'd watched a tv show where the cool people were smoking and so we cleared that belief and then they were able to start letting that go and so yeah mm. if you can if you can shift those beliefs and your self-belief like what you're saying about yourself and your identity and what's possible for you you're 100 right danny like that's gonna impact mm your relationships, your financial situation, your career prospects, your everything is going to be impacted by what you hold true about yourself. And so, you know, it's not about being arrogant, but it's about really, you know, realizing like you are the love of your life. Like you're the person mm. that you're going to fall asleep next to every single night and you're going to share every single meal with your whole life. So, you know, you've got to fall deeply in love with yourself because you're the only one that you can ever guarantee is always going to be there with you and by your side. So yeah, it's, um, it's so important shifting those self-beliefs for sure. Oh my God. Absolutely. God, you're just gorgeous. Love you. You're just so incredible. I I agree too. It's about, I guess, projecting more and cultivating a bigger belief for yourself than what's actually there in that subconscious mind. So sort of you have the thought, try and think beyond the thought, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And and thinking a bigger picture for yourself, go beyond it, I guess, is what, yeah. yeah. I love, I love Byron Katie's work, how she says that question, you know, is that true? Can I absolutely know it's true when Mm. you come up against a belief and then you turn it around and you say, who would I be without that thought? And, and that just helps you to access the the opposite like that that exists within you and one of the things that I love is when we teach master practitioner of NLP we go into some quantum physics and quantum linguistics and Ooh. one of the one of the coolest things that I love about that is this idea of everything that exists in reality there's obviously also its exact opposite or what's called its non-mirror image reverse so in order for someone to have a problem also there has to exist a not problem or yeah. the, the solution and so a client will become, they'll come in for a session or, you know, you may be conscious of your problem and all it means is that you're unconscious of the solution, which means that the solution is in your unconscious and a really great coach will just help you to find that. Find and then it. When you yeah. find that, you find that neutral, that neutrality, that balance point because the, the problem and the not problem meet and then they kind of neutralize each other and it's a really nice, you know, equanimous way to be and, and to find that resource within yourself is really empowering. And that's, you know, a good coach isn't going to tell you what to do. A good coach is going to help you find all the answers within yourself. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's always there. I know when I'm coaching someone, I, you really express that to someone, you know, it's there within you, you know, you know, even why you do it, why you're drinking, why, what's the band aid? what's the root cause of this and yeah. trying, like you say, delving deep into that and finding that and yeah, really trying to reframe this, this whole structure we've got around this, the alcohol, like why, you know, so many people will do it for confidence. They'll say, oh, I drink for confidence or I drink for fun, but then they drink so much on say the weekend when that rolls around that they're waking up at 2am and they're feeling like full of self-doubt, absolutely stripped of their confidence. They can't even face the world often, you know, they're sending out text messages, apology text messages. I'm like, yes. how confident are you feeling in that moment? Because that is what alcohol is leading to. And when you can kind of disrupt that belief too, that, that the alcohol gives me confidence, well, actually, no, it's not it's doing the exact opposite and then they go oh it's like this little light bulb goes off it's like oh yes right 
<laughs> and things can really shift for people then when they really kind of realize that no it's not doing those things that I thought it was it's so huge it's so powerful what you're talking about and and I think yeah what you're saying as well is giving people such such a beautiful kind of neutral observer perspective on themselves Mm. and their patterns and their the motivators for why they're doing what they're doing and that's a really sacred place to be able to help people find and that's really meaningful work because like that again that's going to ripple into everything that people do as well and you're right it's it's not the alcohol it's what is the alcohol giving them that they're wanting what is I, I just did like for Pashana a couple of weeks ago the 10 day oh yeah wow meditation and um, one of the things is you know we reach for things because we want the sensation so what mm. is the sensation that you're wanting alcohol to give you and then how can you get that sensation naturally within yourself like we are a chemical warehouse and we can help ourselves feel and that's why I love hypnotherapy and hypnosis as well because you literally can like tap into this chemical warehouse and just feel all of these amazing powerful emotions that so many people just when you talked about anchoring earlier as well you know going back to times in your life when you have felt confident most of us are really good at going back and reliving all the times in our past where we felt shit, <laughs> but we yeah. don't spend a lot of time just going back and reliving all the good stuff and really feeling it. And that's what's so powerful about anchoring and also obviously hypnotherapy is like regressing people back into their most resourceful emotional states so that they can start anchoring those in and building that as an emotional set point. And that, mm. you know, if you research some of even Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, you know, priming our body for how we want to feel in the future. Like mm. that is so powerful because, yeah, for a lot of people listening, you've, you've got to create not only the visual of what you want your future to be like, but also the sensation and that emotional set point of what you, how you want to feel in the future without mm. that alcohol, which is effectively just poison, you know? So, um, yeah, there's definitely different ways to do it, which are, which are going to be a lot more useful oh. long-term. Yeah, this could end up being a four-day podcast. But um, I'm <laughs> I'm reading at the moment Joe Dispenza's book, Breaking the Habit of Yourself, which oh. is and so funny. I just did a blog post and a, a social media post yesterday on that very thing on visualization and creating that vision for yourself. And it's funny, uh, before I'd read any of this stuff, that's what I did initially when I quit was I had a very clear vision of who I wanted to be without yeah. the alcohol. So who's Danny without being this sort of drunkard and this party girl. Well, Danny, on the other hand, she's confident and she's healthy and she's making good choices for herself and she's organized. There was this whole list of things that I wanted to be. So I'd sit and think about that. And I'd also think about if we had, say, a big gig of ashes to go to or, you know, an awards night or something like that. And sometimes that would make me nervous to be around, you know, other people, especially other people that were drinking. So I'd imagine myself there being really confident before I'd even got there. So I'd imagine myself there with a soda water and chatting away and ha 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 laughing and having a good time. But most importantly, imagining myself the next day, having woken up, knowing that I hadn't made a dick of myself the night before. And that was really powerful. So when I got to the event, I kind of had that little bit of extra, I don't know, because I'd visualized it. It's like I'd rehearsed it. So it wasn't so hard. It was like, I felt a bit more prepared and I even prepared, I'd, I'd imagine people asking me, offering me a drink or offering me a line. <laughs> I'd say, you know, I imagined how I was going to respond. So I felt really ready for it when it happened. And then it's funny, now I'm reading the Joe Dispenza book and I'm like, yeah, right. That's exactly, that's exactly what I was doing. And it's super powerful. It's so powerful. And it's, 
what you're talking about as well, it's a really beautiful way as well for alleviating anxiety, which is just fear of the future. So by you like pre-paving your future and all the potential scenarios of, okay, well, if someone does this, this is how I'm going to respond with this. And if this happens, you know, and doing all of that, you're actually massaging your unconscious mind and saying, hey, I got this. Like, we're okay. No matter what happens, I've got a plan. And so your unconscious mind isn't going to send you a a feeling of anxiety, of panic stations, of I don't know what's going to happen in the future, so I'm just going to put you in fight and flight until you tell me <laughs> what you're doing is you're actually giving it that clarity and it's going, oh, cool, okay, we can relax now. And then when you feel relaxed, mm. you don't need it, the alcohol. You, you, you know, how good is having a soda water? No one even notices. <laughs> they just think you're having vodka and soda or something. I, I used to have this crazy story of oh, if I don't drink, everyone's going to ask me why or they're going to think I'm pregnant. I used to have all of these like stories and literally over the last seven years, I, I've not had like one person ask me because I think when you're not questioning it yourself, when you've got that solidness and certainty within yourself, it's like, the external world often reflects the, our internal world. And so if you've got internal certainty, the external world doesn't have to question you. Whereas if you're internally questioning yourself, you'll get questioned, you know, by everyone Absolutely. and everything. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all about what you put out there too, isn't it? If you go mm. just in there confidently and no one really, really questions it. Yeah. Absolutely. So because the, this podcast is called How I Quit Alcohol, yeah. <laughs> just going back to you when you first were quitting, how did you deal with the triggering times? So I'm sure there were times where you did feel like a drink. How did you deal with those? It was, it, I would say I had like a gradual process of feeling like, okay, I want to stop drinking. And it slowly like became more and more of a mindset. And then I did have a massive bender. I had like an absolute massive bender that I think was almost like a blowout. It was like, that's it. I'm done. And mm. it was, and I had like such an just extreme afterwards feeling of like shame and like guilt and like, what was that? And how did I act? And that was irresponsible. And, and I was just like, that's it. Like I, that, that is like, when I say it was like seven and a half years ago, I'm like, I can remember the last night that I drank and that's enough for me to go, I'm never doing that again. Like that's, mm. that's not, that's not useful for anything or anyone. Mm. So that, that was really powerful, you know? So I think sometimes there can be some power in a really negative experience. Mm. And, um, and I think I, now it's almost like my associations and so for the sort of months after that my associations with alcohol was just like repulsion it was like I would look at it and I would just be reminded of that big bender and I'd be like I don't want that um and then when I was with girlfriends and they'd have you know a glass of wine and I'd have a moment of like oh that might be nice I literally would just think about similar to what you're talking about I would think about okay how is this going to make me feel tomorrow morning and then it would help me to have that power in the present of, okay, if I drink this water or if I have a juice, how am I going to feel in the morning? And I would imagine the two outcomes and I would just choose the one that felt the best. And that Absolutely. Helped, definitely helped get strength. Yeah, I think that playing it forward thing, like where is this drink going to take me? I said was, I was to everyone, like think about that. When yeah. the sneaky bitch, I call it alcohol the sneaky bitch, when she says <laughs> to you or he says to you, the sneaky bastard says, just one, just one, one will be fine you've got to play it through to the end. Where is this going to take me? And whilst we might be thinking it's just one, for those of us who can't stop at one, yeah. we know that, okay, no, it's going to end up in this whole, yeah, that cycle of that shame and feeling shit about ourselves. And mm. yeah, and I use the same thing. So whilst I'd use the visualisation as well of where I wanted to be, I'd also 
always draw on that uh, how I felt before. So I'd think about the last couple of big, really big benders that I had where I really let my kids down and let some other people down. And I'd think about that. I'd think about that horrible feeling that when you'd wake up and think, oh, God, what did I do last night? Oh, no, what happened? And that shame and that terrible anxiety that you get, I think this drink is not worth that. I'm not going back to that. And so I just was really focused on that. And I think for those people listening, if you can really think about that and, yeah, cast your mind back to where, yeah, where is this drink going to take me and where, if I don't have it, where will that take me? Where is yeah. Where will I end up? And that's so powerful. And, yeah, it's just beautiful. <laughs> and you're lucky, you know, you can be lucky to have, a, a bad experience, a bad blowout where you you feel that shame because you can use that as your driver to yeah. propel you forward. Yeah, well, as let's refer back to Tony because that's how we met. It was as Tony Robbins says, you know, some of us are more motivated towards pleasure or away from pain. And so mm. I think if you can balance the two and and think about how good you're going to feel tomorrow, you know, having woken up sober and you'll be able to go for that run and that's going to feel so good or something like that. And then, yeah, also draw on some of the pain. And if you can use both motivation strategies, then that'll, you know, supercharge you for moving forward. Absolutely. My husband, Ash, just says, this is his thing. Oh, I just decided it's easy. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's also really, really, that's a good decision. That's a good belief to have, right? (laughs) Just decide it's easy. And first when he said that, I wanted to punch his face in when he was saying it. I think he said it on the podcast first. Yeah. And I was like, "Ah, that's really simplistic. But then, you know, a lot of people got back to me and said, you know what Ash said, that was just really great. Like it really worked for me. Just decide it's easy. And he's right. It's whatever you make it to, isn't it? And that's part of that. NLP, the Neuro Linguistic Programming, I guess, is just deciding, no, it's not that hard. It's not this big thing. I'm giving myself this wonderful gift and it's going to be easy. That's it. Yeah, you're exactly what you just said. I'm giving myself this gift because I think sometimes when people give things away, they feel like they're losing out. They're losing something. Mm. And also, I think a lot of people have like a bit of an inner rebel where when you're a kid, there were things that you were told you couldn't do. And so if people are feeling like they're being told they can't have alcohol, that's very different to having that choice within yourself that you don't Mm. want it because people might have that rebellious you know, you can't tell me what to do. I'm going to have 10 drinks now that you've said that, you know, whereas if it's actually, you know, I'm going to parent myself and I'm making this, this decision for myself, that's going to be more useful. And yeah, I love that. Decide that it's easy. That's a belief structure and that's going to filter for everything. And then it will be easy. So yeah, if people are listening to this and they have a belief that it's hard, then they can definitely shift that too. So. Oh my God. Absolutely. Mm. So when is your next, so when's your next online training? Yeah, so we've got an online NLP training happening. It's the 22nd to 28th of August. Yep. So it's a seven-day immersion. And the reason it's an immersion is every single day builds upon the next. So everything you learn in sort of the first couple of days prepares you for what you're doing as we get deeper into techniques and shifting emotions, shifting limiting beliefs on days, you know, five, six, seven. So it's a seven-day immersion. It's a full certification. So it's certified practitioner of NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, and also timeline therapy. And uh, mm. and so when you register for the training, though, you do get pre-study, which is audio trainings by me, which is preparing the theory for the course. Then the live training is really practical, hands-on. We do practice coaching sessions in breakout rooms. You get to demo, like I demonstrate every single technique, and then you get to practice it as both a client and a coach. And the beautiful thing with that is you get to really be in the client's shoes and try on for yourself. What does it feel like to be on the receiving end of this kind of process? 
or coaching technique. And then you know what your clients are going through, but then you also get to be coach and facilitate change with someone else in the training. And everyone's working on real stuff. You know, everyone's mm. human. Everyone comes in vulnerable and, you know, we've all got things to work on. Mm. And I think that's what's so humbling and beautiful about the practice of NLP is it's helping people with things that you've shifted and worked through yourself. So it's not like counseling or psychology where it's oh you're the one with the problem and I'm the one that's helping you with the problem it's actually I've walked this path and let me show you some cool things that have helped me grow and shift in my future as well Um, and then after the training we've also got some post-course integration which really just helps to embed everything that you learn in that seven-day immersion because for us you know having confident and quality coaches is super important and so we've got a lot of you know before and after course support to help make sure that you know the skills are really solid and that people know what they're doing out there working with people and our coaches our community is amazing like coaches do swap practice sessions all the time with each other all around Australia and so they're practicing on each other and with each other not on paying clients as well which is really important for getting that you know those runs on the board and that experience because the beautiful thing with NLP I think you realize is it is an art and a science so the science comes from the proven tools and techniques that yes Richard Bandler and John Grinder co-created in the mid-70s and it's also the art comes from tailoring the technique and the process and how you actually apply it to each individual human and client because there's no one-size-fits-all technique you can't ask you know a client has this problem what should I do I would always just say well talk to your client and find out what they need because based on what they need it's going to be something unique for them and so it's fun because you know no two sessions are the same so yeah so that's our next online training we do have in-person trainings in Perth and Sunshine Coast and Adelaide at the moment as well and um, both in NLP and hypnotherapy I'd love to do both of them I think yes absolutely love to and the other thing I was going to say too you don't have to like some people might hear this and go, oh, but I don't want to be a practitioner, yes. but it's still really helpful and useful in your own journey to learn these tools. And you'll find even just in day to day, just dealing with friends or family members as well. It's just to really, just to have awareness and knowledge helps you become aware and then you can cultivate change in your life. So you don't have to, you know, want to be a coach per se, but it's al- that could it's be almost- another, yeah. No, I'd say about 30 to 40% of our students purely do it for personal growth they don't want to be a coach they're just doing it for themselves so that's definitely very common and I think it's almost just like a lot of people say when they're halfway through the course like why haven't I been taught this stuff before (laughs) and Mm. you know this should be mandatory for all humans to just know about themselves and everyone and I think that's really cool you know and I think what you were talking about before that you do draw on and you use a lot of NLP tools you don't necessarily use like the the techniques and it's more conversational and you weave it in and that's actually the best way to use it is is Mm. sort of weaving it in naturally and conversational so it doesn't feel like okay now we're going to do this technique which can be a little bit in you know intense so that's that's really beautiful and so you know the the journey that everyone goes on in the training is whatever you need but yeah we get a lot of students saying you know how would the world be if everyone just knew this about themselves and uh, and it would just you know support you even just in your home life and even just in your career because when is the last time that you pressed pause on life and took seven days to actually look at what is what is going on in my operating system and how you know what are my belief structures and what would happen if I sort of updated and upgraded some of those and it's profound like to give yourself that gift of seven days of self-awareness and of discovery and you will learn just so much about yourself and other people and yeah obviously it's it's a really cool journey wow amazing when's the next sunshine coast one 
So I just got back from doing NLP Sunshine Coast in March. Yeah, so, I did speak to you about yeah, them, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. So uh-huh. I get I go up there once a year, uh, but, but our next hypnotherapy is in the Sunshine Coast in June. It's the 7th to 13th of June. And that's amazing. Like, oh, my gosh, hypnotherapy is the most relaxed I've ever felt in my whole entire life. And the tools and techniques that you learn in that are profound. Like wow. for tapping into your unconscious mind, it's almost like yin yang NLP is almost like the masculine way in. So it's like the conscious way into the unconscious. Whereas hypnotherapy is almost like the unconscious way of bringing things into the consciousness. So it's sort of like they work together in this really beautiful way. And, um, and, and one of our students said that hypnotherapy is almost like the glue that holds all of the NLP tools together. Like they just Mm. work together and the difference, like Paul, my partner, the way that he has designed his hypnotherapy training is a little different. It's completely non-script based. So a lot of hypnotherapy trainings are reading pieces of paper and the power is in the paper. Whereas with Paul's hypnotherapy training, the power is in your client and it's about really finding out those answers in your client and knowing where they are in their depth of trance so that you know how deep in their unconscious they actually are. And there's no point, you know, working with someone if they're completely in their conscious mind because that's where we're only going to be able to make 5% of change. We know we want to be in that 95% and the deeper we can find, the the more closer to the the root cause and things that we're actually going to be able to shift are. But the tools in that training are just, yeah, absolutely profound. And so I, I cannot recommend that training highly enough. It's also just on a human level, just so so much fun that sounds amazing <laughs> so much fun yeah when was that one june yeah it's the 7th to 13th of june up in it's at the Malula bar mantra and then he's also got trainings in adelaide and perth as well so but oh my god i want in if anyone yeah. else wants in if you get in contact with juliet and just yes. drop the old how i quit alcohol bomb <laughs> on them you'll yes. get a hundred a hundred dollar course credit Yes. So that's, yeah, that's fantastic. So thank you for offering that to our listeners, which is really cool. Yeah. I just think what you're doing is amazing. And I also want to check out your book. You said yeah. you sent me a copy of Relaunch My Life. Yep. I'll send that's- it to you today. You send me your address. <laughs> All right. Amazing. I'll, as I said, I'll send you up some earth bottles and a playbook. How could I call a playbook? Oh, cool. <laughs> Not that you I need it that. now, but it's still, it's like a, it's like a gratitude journal on steroids, really. That sounds amazing. That sounds so good. Yeah. <laughs> um that's just so awesome Juliet thank you so much yeah just I'm sure we'll keep crossing paths and I'm, I'm definitely you're going to send me on one of your courses absolutely yeah. I know I felt like we knew that from the moment we met we were like yeah. oh we're gonna play we'll, we'll yeah. be we'll be in touch and then it was like 18 months has passed and it's been a crazy 18 months hasn't it like when we got home from Florida in January last year February everything started shutting down and I'm so grateful we were able to travel before that all happened so I know weren't we lucky to actually get over there and 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 be there and yeah traveling I wish I had extended my trip now and done a bit more (laughs) but anyway that's okay that's all right yeah but um, again thank you so much for coming on and I'll see you very soon I hope and don't forget to um, mention how I quit alcohol if anyone wants to sign up for any of your courses awesome thank you for the opportunity thanks Juliet speak to you soon bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.